Why do we only see each other at weddings and funerals? A sentence that has been uttered to me at almost every wedding or funeral I have ever attended. I'm sure you've heard it too. Maybe you've been the one to say it. Welcome to episode 125 of This Shit Works, a podcast dedicated to all things networking, relationship building, and business development. I'm your host, Julie Brown, professional speaker, author, and networking coach, and today I'm discussing why we don't have to wait for someone to die or get married to come together. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. I unfortunately have had six deaths in my family and friends circle in the past 18 months. Not one wedding though. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe by the time you're 46, all of your friends have gotten married, remarried, or decided not to get married at all. There has been a number of deaths outside of my family as well, you know, celebrity deaths, people I seemingly grew up with or were part of chunks of my life through movies and song. Kiersey Alley, Ray Liotta, Christine McVie, Olivia Newton-John, Irene Cara, Bob Saget, Coolio, The Queen, and Julie Powell, who, if you don't know, was the inspiration behind the movie Julie and Julia, which was based off of her food blog, where she attempted to make every recipe, all 524 of them, in Julia Child's The Art of French Cooking cookbook in one year. (laughs) She died of cardiac arrest at her home in upstate New York. She was 49 years old. 49. Just three years older than me. We don't know when our lives are going to end. We don't know if we will have the chance to get together again or to celebrate or to mourn. Don't waste your life waiting for the next funeral or wedding to tell someone that you love them, to celebrate with them, to dance and sing and hug and laugh and cry. Don't wait until someone is hurting to tell them that you are there, that you love them, that they can count on you. You see, we rally around people who are going through hard times, but sometimes the everyday is a struggle too. It's just not as obvious. You reaching out and checking in on them just might change that day for them. A change that they desperately need. But life gets busy. I know. So how can we learn to make time for each other in between the weddings and the funerals? Before it's our own funeral. According to Thrive Global, there are eight tips to make time for the people that matter most to you. And maybe even just the people you've lost touch with, but you still love them. Here they are. One, get out of your own way. Meaning, stop making excuses. Stop saying it's a work night or it's too far away or the flight prices are too high. You will always be able to find an excuse. So stop making excuses and get out of your own way. Two, be relentless with yourself and with the people you want to connect with. All the excuses that you make that keep you away from people are the same excuses that others are facing as they try to reconnect with you. So be the squeaky wheel. Keep reaching out and saying, when are we going to get together? Make a calendar invite and send it to them so they don't have an excuse. Three, expand your circle. Get to know the people that are important to the people who are important to you. I know, 
This sounds counterproductive. You already know more people than you can keep in touch with, and I'm telling you, or this article is telling you, to expand your circle. Listen, the more interconnected you are to the people in your life and in your network, the easier it will be to stay connected, to be able to make plans together, to know what's going on in each other's lives. Four, find a simple activity that brings everyone joy. It doesn't have to be a big grand event. It's just the time you spend together. Each year, a group of us from all over the country get together to go to a Notre Dame game together. It's usually about 10 of us. And the planning of this keeps us all together and connected as we pick the date, the game that we're going to go to, coordinate sleeping arrangements, like who's going to be in whose car. It's so fun. This one day that we plan together keeps us connected through the entire year. Or like my friend Hallie and I, we have a Christmas tradition going on 20 years where each year we do something together for Christmas. We see a musical, go on a Christmas light tour, go to a wreath decorating class. It doesn't matter. The only year we missed was COVID. And we have years of memories from this simple tradition. Or you could just create simple excuses to be together. Ask someone to go for a walk or a coffee or like the little girl who lives next door to me asked me the other day, Julie, can we make Christmas cookies together? (laughs) Yes, Matilda, whenever you want, I will be here to make Christmas cookies together. Even in fucking July. I love that kid. It doesn't have to be grand. It just needs to be you guys together. Five. Make it purposeful. And what I got from this tip was to be fully present. Don't spend time with people distracted by your phone when you are with them. Be with them. I can't tell you how many times I've spent time with somebody and every fucking three seconds they're on their phone, they're looking at their phone, and I feel like we're not even together. Don't do that. Don't make someone feel that way. Six, have a backup plan. Yes, life does happen and your plans may fall through, but make sure they get rescheduled. Don't let a busted plan be yet another excuse for not getting together. Work to reschedule it ASAP or when you set the date, have a rain date. Say, okay, this is the day we're going to get together. If anything happens, meteor shower, whatever, I don't know, asteroids, whatever, alien invasion. Like our backup date is, our rain date is this date. Uh, seven. Share family meals with friends. What I took from this tip is to invite friends into your regular routine. Invite people over for dinner or spend holidays together. My friends are as important to me as my blood-related family. So I include them in family things because to me, they are family. And eight, find what works. Find a way of keeping in touch that works for you. Is it phone calls, text messages, emails? How can you stay in touch so that you can plan ways to be together in person? If you lose touch, you won't make plans plain and simple. I hope these tips are helpful. When I mentioned to my friend Lauren that I was going to be covering this subject for a podcast, we somehow went down a wormhole into funerals and what would we want our funerals to look like. I, for one want mine to be a party. No white lilies for me, please. I want a playlist in loud colors and I want people drinking and laughing and remembering me as the crazy person I am. Which makes me think, perhaps we should live our lives for our eulogy and not our obituary. Your obituary is what you do. Your eulogy is who you are. I want to live my life for who I am. Okay. 
like any Irish uh, funeral, we're going to have some drinks. So on to the drink of the week. And you can fuck, you can fucking believe there is a cocktail named the eulogy. It's perfect, right? And morbid all at the same time. But before I get to that, I want to let you know that I am once again releasing 10, only 10, one-to-one, 60-minute breakthrough sessions again for January. These are Zoom meetings with me, one-on-one for 60 minutes to go over anything you're struggling with in regards to your networking, business development, lead generation, or your business strategy. Last year, these sold out in one week. There are only 10 spots, and I'm only scheduling them during the month of January. And when they are gone, they're gone. So if you would like to sign up to get on the wait list for one of these breakthrough sessions, there is a link to that in the show notes. Okay, on to the eulogy cocktail. Here's what you're going to need. Two ounces of dry gin, a quarter ounce of extra dry vermouth, one and a half ounces of absinthe, which might put you in your grave. Um, What you're going to do is you're going to stir all these ingredients with ice and then strain into a chilled coupe glass. All right, friends, that's all for this week. If you like what you heard today, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. Also remember to share this podcast to help it reach a larger audience. If you want more Julie Brown, you can find my book, This Shit Works, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can find me on LinkedIn at Julie Brown BD. Just let me know where you found me when you reach out. I am Julie Brown underscore BD on the Instagram, or you can just pop on over to the website, juliebrownbd.com. Thanks so much for being here. Until next week. Cheers.